Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Phase Zero bonus episode. It's Echo Edition. Starts right now. Welcome to the Nightly Show. I'm Brandon Davis, joined tonight by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Echo Palooza, as some of our fans have been calling it. Echo Palooza. I haven't seen that. I love it. Aaron Vereen. I strangely want to listen to the yeah, yeah, yes. What's up, everybody? <laughs> and we got Jamie Jurek. Hello, it's me, Jamie. Yes. How's everybody doing? Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, very cool, very cool. This is the Echo spoiler-filled review, breakdown, recap, discussion, all the above and the things in between episode of Phase Zero. This is the last time we're going to do one of these for a minute because who knows the next thing we're getting from the MC. I mean, we'll do a Madam Web episode. You know, we'll 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 talk about the movie. Oh, we but will. We're not going to get. <laughs> oh, we will. Uh, the next Marvel Studios project in live action is Deadpool 3, but we will be getting X-Men 97 right around the... No, definitely before that. X-Men uh, is coming before Deadpool 3 because that's July. I keep thinking Deadpool is in May, but tonight's all about Echo. The last time we did one of these, it was with Loki. We were doing these for Loki Season 2. Thank you so much for joining us for those. That's why we were like, you know what? We got to get the gang back together tonight and do a second episode same day. Everybody was with us this morning, and they're like, hold on, we're coming back tonight? Yes, we are. Anyway... It's echo time. So here's how the show is going to go tonight. Do a quick recap. I wrote a whole bunch of stuff. I'm going to try to read it as fast as I can. Do my best, Jamie Jurak. Uh, try to honor the way Jamie recapped those Loki episodes. Then we're going to go with our reactions. Just, just generally. No ranking, no number. Just just real quick thoughts on the show. Then we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about some, dive into some story points about echo. Uh, Easter eggs. Uh, some of the, the cultural stuff we learned from this show. There's actually a whole website we want to tell you about that is dedicated to uh, the cultural representation in Echo. Uh, then we're going to talk about some comics, that credit scene, and then we'll make you wait till the end for our 10 score. 10 score! Uh, because this is phase zero and re we rank things out of 10. Does anybody have an issue with that? Speak now. <laughs> I will not be participating in that way. I'll be doing it the letterbox <laughs> and the comicbook.com way, but we already know that, so... Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Jamie was <laughs> everybody. All right. <laughs> put, put one minute on the clock, and if I go over, I'm going to keep going. This show starts with Maya explaining the story of Chopper saving her people from the cave to her cousin Bonnie. They're using their kids making shadow puppets in the past. It's a whole flashback, which is a big element of Choctaw Native American culture right out of the gate. And you're going to see quite a bit of that in this series. We're in Tomahawk, Oklahoma in 2007. Iron Man hasn't even been born yet. Well, Tony Stark has, but Iron Man has not. Before the episode essentially recaps Maya's role in Hawkeye and adds a few sequences like the fight with Daredevil. And that is where we see Maya pivot into a fighter and she has to unleash everything that Kingpin wanted her to. She becomes vicious. We also see Maya and her mom get into an accident when she's a little baby. And Maya's baby, not the mom. The mom is old enough to drive. The brake lines were cut. That kills Maya's mom. It's very sad. It's a very TVMA way to start the show. This leads to Maya's uncle, uh, Maya's dad, killing uh, the people responsible for it. So Maya's grandma is not thrilled. And she's like, oh, my God, we lost a loved one. Now it's someone else lost a loved one. And everything sucks. This doesn't make anything better. We also see this is how Maya lost her leg. Maya comes home to Oklahoma, avoids people that she really likes, like Bonnie, gets some help from Biscuits, who we will protect at all costs, and starts to embrace her heritage, especially when she wears the special made prosthetic leg with symbolism of her culture on it. We see a 1200 AD Alabama showing a thriving Native American culture with impressive, beautiful structures, which more accurately represents the culture and the flourishing heights that they reached, rather than the typically shown representation of Native America in American media. That's one minute, and I'm going to still keep going. Long story short, Maya robs a train run by Fisk's mob because she still hates Fisk and all his people. This leads to Fisk guys showing up and bringing the war home, which is exactly what her uncle Henry said what happened but it happens and it's all going to go bad so they go to a bowling alley and they find boyd holbrook from wish who ends up getting, getting the tvma treatment when his whole face becomes bloody and there's a fight and the skating rink is bloodier than a drunken roller derby and kingpin shows up standing in the distance because they've been captured and brought into this house episode four shows kingpin basically forgiving maya maya doesn't drink wine pours it down the sink but she still loves cookies kingpin trusts her gives her a knife all this stuff but they're not cool enough because 
She ain't going with him back to New York, and he goes to his private jet and has one of those big tantrum freakouts and smashes the, uh, what do they call it, the thing in the airplane, the wall, whatever. Uh, and so then we come back to episode five. We're all glad Vanessa wasn't watching because everybody would be dead if she was, and Kingpin has to come bring the war back to the Choctaw celebration. Uh, oh, my gosh, I lost my track here. There's so many words written down. Uh, Maya gets a new costume, fulfilling the prophecy of all Disney Plus shows and also getting in touch with her mother spirit and the ancestral lineage, and that uh, really leads to Maya, Chola, and Bonnie, who are captured by Kingpin, getting the power of the ancestors in their fists and becoming one with them and using it to, be, to break free and fight back. And this whole thing happens in like a barn and it's pretty crazy and it's a crazy ending. And then also Maya decides, I'm not going to actually fight you, Kingpin. I'm just going to touch your forehead and all the power of my spirits and my ancestors are going to come to you and talk to you and help you release that trauma that you have for yourself and your father and all this stuff that happened as a kid. And the Netflix Daredevil series is confirmed because you're staring at the same wall you stared at on those shows, not just because they're on the Disney Plus timeline. Maya elects ultimately in the end to stay home when Kingpin dips. And she is one Corona short at the family cookout of calling it a true family while Fisk heads back to New York in a credit scene where we hear that there is a wide open spot for a run for mayor in a credit scene. And that in hopefully not too much longer than two minutes was the Barris Bones version of five episodes of Echo. Very nice. 250 work. on the nose. Bravo. Pretty Ooh. good. Um, I would like to just point out that uh, I do it on the cuff and don't pre-write anything, <laughs> but uh, it was very impressive reading. Uh, I, I appreciated it very much. Good work, BD. <laughs> <laughs> let's go i took like an hour to write that and it's still I'm tripping over <laughs> word and i was like damn honestly more respect for jamie after having tried that now uh yeah so layla agreed boyd holbrook from wish even though jamie go ahead point it out who is that man that is thomas e sullivan he plays nathaniel malik the big bad of agents of shield seventh and final season um, but uh as we can see he's not playing the same character but that's okay it's just like you can't play a character in Marvel TV on Netflix and then play a major role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Studios, right? That could never happen. Impossible. No, no one named Mahershala Ali certainly has never done that. <laughs> so, well, actually, well, he has it because so Blade far has exist. not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so far, that remains true. Uh, all right, real quick, let's get to some reactions before we dive into the story, before we dive into the Easter eggs and all that. I just want to go around and see what everybody thought because I haven't even really had a chance. To talk with you guys, especially since we've seen all five episodes. I know Jenna's review is on comic book. Saying no, Adam very... wrote it, not me. Oh, wait, who wrote that? Adam. Adam. Oh, oh, Adam. I thought you were, for some reason, I thought nope. you wrote that. Okay, I well, so I really have no idea what you guys think. We haven't <laughs> ever talked about this. We didn't talk about this before today's regular show because we tried to keep the hype rankings authentic and everything. So, uh, Jamie, you're at the top right under me. What, what did you think of Echo as a whole? I really liked it. Um, I will say I didn't love it. It's not a Marvel thing that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm feeling the burn kind of a thing. But I still, I thought it was great. The The representation in this is just fantastic. It's so cool to see in a Marvel show. Um, a big problem for me, I think, is that so, of those scenes I saw early on mixed in with Hawkeye scenes in that first episode, that first episode was like, I've seen all this already and it fits in weird. And I, I really look forward to, as you know, I will be doing my inevitable one sitting binge soon. And I, I look forward to that because I think I'll have a better clear picture of how I feel about it as a whole. But I did really like it and I'm very happy it exists. Jenna? I, I agree with Jamie. I, I, I really, really enjoy it. I don't fully love it, but there is so much of it that I do love. Um, I, I took ASL for multiple years in high school, so I can fingerspell as well, which is what Jamie did earlier. If you're listening in audio and we're very confused by what she was doing. <laughs> um, but I so just seeing the deaf representation is absolutely incredible. And just having a mainstream show in this way where all of the characters are signing back and forth and then also folding in the way that Fisk does not sign. I loved that. And I know we'll talk about that later. But I that was amazing. Alakwa is incredible. She carries this show in so many amazing ways. And once D'Onofrio enters the full this fist gets even better but i there are some problems that i have which we will get into but i mm -hmm. i still enjoyed it for what it was and it does become a better binge than i had expected it to be watching those first three episodes in one sitting and then kind of i watched four and five as they came out and then rewatched uh, some of the middle ones as chris was watching them and i was like okay yeah this is much easier to get through in a binge than i would have expected when they announced that it was a binge so i'm glad that that was the approach it, i do agree it had to be a binge five weeks of this people would have been complaining my and i am people just that it was a little slow or something. If this this over five weeks would have been a very slow burn, in my opinion. Binge was the way they had to do this one. Aaron, what do you think? Um, I did like it quite a bit. Um, I always love when 
you see how cultures that wouldn't normally be associated with each other wouldn't seem like they're very similar whenever you get to see how they're very, very like the same. Uh, Maya's whole ethos really does like kind of speak to some universality between like black experience or other, you know, minority peoples in ways that I would have never considered. So that was really cool. I also, you just don't get that many shows with this like sort of main character setup. It just doesn't happen, you know? Um, so that was really, really awesome. Uh, I know everybody's really loving the tone. Uh, I audibly, uh, me and Ariel both were like, when the daredevil of it all happened, we're like, what is going Like, this is one of these? Like, this is insane. Like, mm -hmm. there's more blood spatter in this thing than like a third of phase four, which is wild. Um, so I'm curious to see what everybody thinks, though, because it isn't like my favorite thing that Marvel's ever produced. Because I, I, everybody knows, like, you know, I, I live in cotton candy world, but uh, <laughs> I still enjoyed myself. Weenie Hut Jr., that's right. Oh, man. Uh, I, I, I think we're all in a similar boat here. I, I liked the show. I didn't love it. I thought there were, I felt like it had more potential than was realized. And I think that's probably the things we're going to talk about. A longer version of this show, I think, would have been better. A better paced version of this show with more episodes, I think, really could have done it, done it some good. Much like Secret Invasion, I thought that the first couple episodes set up kind of like a complex, uh, like a show with political levels to it where there's going to be different factions and people, like all these different consequences and teams and sides. And ultimately, it was a much quicker, more straightforward version of Echo and her people versus Kingpin and his people, which was cool. Like I enjoyed it, but I did think there was something bigger they could have done. But go, after watching three episodes, I was like, how can this possibly wrap up in two episodes? And it did in, in a way that I kind of expected. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I thought it was cool. I, I enjoyed it. I thought the TVMA ultimately felt like it could have been more of a marketing ploy than a service of the story, in a sense. It, it didn't really go there often. But when it did, I was like, okay, cool. This is like realistic. This is how you make Kingpin feel vicious. Like the scene that's on the screen right now where you beat up that ice cream man simply for, uh, I mean, he was pretty rude to Maya. Deserved it. He deserved yeah, he it. Rude. Well, beating a <laughs> You're mocking a deaf child. You should get your ass whooped. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, okay. I'll give it. I'll, he deserved something bad to happen. I'll say that. He was. He this was is the new yet. other universes debate of this show. There it is. There it is. <laughs> what was the proper punishment for the ice cream man? No, Kingpin had a point. Kingpin had a point. He was rightfully pissed off. Uh, and you don't piss off Kingpin. Uh, I mean, imagine if Vanessa was there watching that happen. That man would have lost his head. It would have been decapitated in the dang dumpster. Like, he would just use it to cut it off, like that first episode of the Daredevil series, which is now in the timeline on Disney+. Plus. But okay, yeah, so anyway, that's my reaction. I think we're all pretty much on the same page here. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, I think me, uh, we go ahead. I was gonna say, I think it's we lean positive, which is nice. I think yeah. that's that's pretty yeah. good for me. If this one came out last year and we were comparing it to the MCU projects of 2023, I would have it behind Guardians and Loki. And I think I'd have it. I think I'd have it ahead of the Marvels, but ahead of everything else. Uh, definitely. It's it's. I think it's ahead of the Marvels. It's definitely. Yeah, it's behind Guardians and Loki for me and then ahead of everything else. That's where I'd put Echo. We did one ranking today. I, I can't uh, I can't go there again. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to take one quick one minute break. Uh, then we're going to come back to talk all about story points from Echo Series 1. I don't need just, just call it Echo. Because like my head wants to go Season 1 because there's a TV show. But like it's not Season 1. It's just Echo. So we'll be back in one minute. Subscribe to the channel. We're going to talk about Easter eggs, story points, take the deep dive. Talk about some comic comparisons and what was clearly set up in a big way from the comics uh, and more. So see you in a moment.
we got to address the elephant in the room. We still don't know who bought Avengers Tower. We're not going to focus on it. We're not going to harp on it. But alas, we are another Marvel title down. And uh, my question remains unanswered. So there's that. There's that. But other story points to dive into from Echo. I thought the first, let's kind of maybe go episode by episode if we have to. I don't know if you guys want to bring anything up, please, by all means. I I, I, I wish for you to do that. Uh, I thought it was interesting how the first episode was essentially a previously on with some additional scenes, which I, I found to be kind of tricky to follow at times. I found some of the time jumping to be a bit tricky throughout anyway. Like it was obvious, yes, that's young Maya. But also it's like, well, we're going back. Where, do, where, where are we going? Why are we going there? Uh, when it was kind of jumping through Maya's life. But I, I did, overall, I did enjoy the that the way they did it previously on with that first episode, even though it was like a chopped up version of Hawkeye, in a sense, with additional footage. What, did you guys enjoy that or did, did you not? As, as someone who's seen Hawkeye at least three or four times, I was like, oh, I don't need this. But I have to understand that that is not the case for everyone. And I have to understand that they literally said multiple times, you don't have to see anything to get this show. So I understand why they did it. I, I think it's it kind of takes away a little bit at people like us who do know this stuff already. Mm -hmm. But we're, you know, I, I think it was ultimately smart. I, I didn't love the choice, but I get why they did it. Uh, but I really did like the way they sprinkled in Daredevil. I thought that was pretty, I mean, that was pretty awesome. Like, yeah. I can't deny that. And that was like the way that they showed Maya's journey to where she got to Hawkeye. I, I very much enjoyed. So it worked stitching it through. It was just kind of a thing of like, well, I, I'm excited for this show and it's showing me stuff I've seen already. So that I mm -hmm. wasn't ready for to be like, oh, I've seen this. Okay. It was one of those where like, okay, I can be on my phone because I've seen this. Oh, wait, Daredevil's there. Wait, hold on. I got to pick it a look. <laughs> Uh, Jenna, what do you think? I agree. I think like um, like Chris and I were kind of gaslighting ourselves of like, was this scene actually in Hawkeye or is this an entirely new scene? Like some Same. of that was kind of tripping us up a little bit. But I I liken it to in a comic book about a character when they just show like here's a page of a bunch of different panels uh, alluding to different previous previous issues that kind of set this person on the journey that you're about to follow. And I like that we're at the point in the MCU of being able to just do those things because as we've talked about on the show ad nauseum, the accessibility of these projects is getting worse and worse over time and so i like the fact that they did take that time to make maya a more accessible character if you didn't watch hawkeye and you don't know what's going on but i get how in our perspective it can be a little frustrating aaron did you like going, the flashbacks going forward marvel legends on disney plus and youtube are your friend <laughs> and i'm sure there's a bunch of other industrious people on this platform who will explain to you slightly faster than brandon what expired <laughs> happened in all these different disney plus shows um i didn't mind it but we did kind of in our house look at each other like we've seen this before <laughs> like we definitely did this before and at christmas time too because we looked over at the tree and we're like that's not right what's going on <laughs> um but yeah i think you know it's not that long it's not like it's just like haha you press play on echo and it's actually hawkeye sped up at 1.5 speed it's not that <laughs> so as long as it wasn't that you i'm know, fine the the hawkeye footage we got in echo is the same amount of hawkeye footage jim actually watched the first time he watched Hawkeye. <laughs> I, <was waiting> for <laughs> that. Uh, I will say it does make me curious if agatha is going to follow the same sort of template Ooh, at all and if there's going to be like some sort of truncated version of wandavision or like a musical number alluding to it like i have no idea funny. if agatha does it they are absolutely doing it in a sitcom -y, yeah. jokey yeah. way it's not just going to be inserting scenes into a show. Like, I, I really think that they will find a creative way to do it. I think we are going to see some of WandaVision from Agatha's perspective. Uh, but, what well, you know, that, or, or, you know what I'm saying. Doesn't matter. Well, that's all we're talking about today. Look Jamie, at how quick yeah. Jamie was ready to defend that show. Of course. That's, that's right. That's impressive. Wow. Uh, the Daredevil scene, you talked about it. I First of all, I really, I, I like that scene quite a bit. I think the choreography was very close to as good as what we saw on Netflix. I don't think it's quite there, but I did think it was one of the better fight scenes we've got on Disney plus for sure. Uh, and I appreciated the fact that like daredevil was very, like daredevil could have won that fight with ease. I think and they conveyed that because Maya hasn't tapped into her powers yet. She's a very talented fighter. 
Kingpin then follows it up by saying, you really held your own better than most people. But you can also see if you watch the beats of the fight, Matt's kind of just like taking it easy because he's not there to get her. So I like what it says about everybody in that sequence, the dynamic, how Daredevil operates in New York, how he's not out to get her. So he doesn't kill Daredevil tries not to kill anyway. But yeah, so I, I liked a lot of the elements of that fight quite a bit. I did too. My personal favorite was when he went to like hit her leg to kind of do the thing that like um, other people do in fight scenes all the time. Like I know Harley Quinn does it in Birds of Prey of like trying to bust her kneecap, but he hits the prosthetic leg and so it doesn't work. I loved that little detail. I thought that was very cool. That's good stuff. I, I also want to bring out how kind of like dope it is to watch a blind and a deaf battle like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously in real life, Charlie Cox isn't blind. Uh, <laughs> so it's not like, you know, but it's still pretty cool to see. Um, I, I kind of wish they'd leaned into that a little more just in terms of, I mean, I know that Daredevil, like he's blind, but he's not, you know, he kind of knows what's happening. But I, I, I just thought that that was like fascinating and a cool choice and something that I was like, oh, there could have been even more, like, because the sound design, Jenna mentioned this on Twitter, the sound design in Echo is phenomenal. The way that they that they show Echo's perspective, Maya's perspective and everything is really cool. And it was cool to see that a little bit of that in this fight. Yeah, they also, I mean, like when she before, I think this was right before Daredevil came in, when she grabbed that guy into the, is that like a rear naked chokehold? Uh, some sort of guillotine I've seen Roman Reigns do when he's cheating to win a match. Uh I the heartbeat that comes through mm -hmm. and then you hear like the neck crack and it's kind of I assume like those sort of things are like the things that Echo can sense that Maya can sense uh, and then the heartbeat immediately stops and also the heartbeat is a big part of Native American culture it's a big part of spirits and uh, spirituality and stuff so I thought that uh, that was a pretty cool way of showing that as well and uh, they could have done even more, like you said, with Matt, you know, and how he senses things and the world on fire type stuff that he's talked about in the Daredevil series. Uh, but I, I enjoyed that fight sequence. And it was the only Daredevil scene, which I don't see people complaining about yet, which is great. I think also it was kind of we kind of knew that was going to be the only scene. But I appreciate that nobody's out there crying. Yeah. I have I have seen a little bit of that, but I think that just might be the side of the internet that just comes through my Twitter feed. But even <laughs> so then, because like there were people complaining about like the scene before it even came out. They were complaining about like little minute clips of it that were going around. I know Aaron alluded to it on the show last week, but then actually seeing it in high quality and full context, I think a lot of people have come back around. I do want to know what was going on with that spinning kick. Yeah, I'll know what I'm talking about. The one that slowed down. Did you guys see that? The one in the wires? Well, she goes to kick him, and I don't know jujitsu or whatever Maya is an expert at, but there's one that went viral, and when you watch the show, it kind of stands out. Right before the camera, like slides over, and it's it's like clearly one of those stitch cuts, but like it makes it you know it keeps it going. Right before they slide into the fence area, she does this kind of like spinning kick where she holds her leg up for a second for Daredevil to get into to, to position, and then like after doing this whole ballerina thing and holding it there then kicks all of a sudden and it's like this weird pause in the middle of the kick and i was like is that it the first time i watched it, i was like that looked intentional uh i thought it was like an intentional like i'm holding this kick to throw you off so i can hit you in, at the timing i want to but then i saw people online who obviously are all fighting experts saying that it looked like poorly choreographed I was like well, <laughs> i can't really tell i don't know but i wouldn't want to get in the ring with anybody on twitter so uh, i'm sure they would, they would throw those kicks way better um Steve uh, in the comments called it the hesitation kick, and that tr that like sounds like a real thing to me. And that yeah. sounds like what you would call what you're describing. Yeah. So I like that. I, yeah. The hesitation I, I, kick I, is cool. Yeah, I very well could see that. I could see that. Um, and stamina MC, our guy from London out there, I love it. it's a it's a, a reverse guillotine is what that chokehold was. Uh, all right, and it's, all right. So then, I want another thing I want to talk about was we see a scene in 2021, which was very telling for kingpin but also it's during the blip and jenna i think you added the note that we knew these characters weren't blipped because adam and i talked about that last night because technically with the ronin sequence during hawkeye and all of the stuff with maya's dad that kind of sort of confirmed that they were alive during the blip but this like further confirms it and kind of assigns like a timeline to it we've heard vincent d'onofrio kind of talk about like we don't know how what Kingpin was doing, how he got out of jail. Maybe he got bigger during that time, right? Like he, am I making that up? He has said stuff like that, right? That sounds right. Okay. But so we see them at dinner in 2021 in New York. God forbid they show us the skyline. <laughs> uh, but I find it interesting there. 
I forget what the exact conversation was about, but I do know that the culmination of the conversation is Wilson saying we can't, we can only trust each other. Like we cannot trust anyone. And when he said that, I was like, wow, he's trusting the woman behind him that's signing this to her. And then they kill the woman that's signing it, which shows how vicious Kingpin can be. But also my thought there, which Maya later brings up was that, damn, this guy would rather kill a person then take the make the effort to learn to sign, which in my opinion makes him a spectacular villain. I had this whole journey of of this because first of all, as I said earlier in our episode earlier today, I've been watching slash rewatching Daredevil, and that man knows Mandarin. <laughs> that man took the time to learn Mandarin to to work with his like gangster buddies. So the and and so during that, I'm like, he can't, I, I, I he can't learn ASL. I would imagine ASL is a smidgy easier than Mandarin, just a little bit. <laughs> um, and then and I was like, wow. And then later in the episode or in the season, when when Maya says you didn't bother to learn. ASL, I was like, I'm so glad that she pointed that out, that it came to her uh, in this moment, because that was really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I and I think, BD, you really hit the nail on the head. Like, he is evil. I couldn't, when they, <laughs> I, re, I rewound it when they killed that interpreter, because I couldn't believe what I had just witnessed. I was like, <laughs> wait, did he do something? Nope, he just planned to kill her the whole time. That was crazy. She My didn't think anything was, when she was walking towards all that plastic. I know. <laughs> I, I literally, I watched that scene twice last night. And then I was just like getting ready for bed. And I thought to myself, like, that was really horrible. Like, I just didn't <laughs> it was like, wow, that was a horrible scene in the best possible way. I, I also, I love the way that they handled, because also he did do some signs in Hawkeye. Like he, he does know I love you and some of like some ways to communicate with Maya. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think they're fully retconning that, but I do love the way that they made his inability to fully learn kind of a plot point. Because as soon as they introduced the con- the contact lenses, it was kind of like, oh, this feels like a cop out. This is going to be some very high techy sort of way to not have to sign. But then they kind of justified it in this really cool narrative way. I kind of uh, wonder if Kingpin as a character, he seems to know sign because in this show, he signs like she says, you didn't learn sign. And the next thing he does is sign his sentence back to her in that after he, with that conversation with the weapon. So I don't know if he speaks it fluently, but I I think maybe he does either way. I think that it's a power play for him Mm -hmm. to just sit, like keep a barrier, keep himself in control, keep himself separated from people. Even the people he, at least claims to care about. I think it's worth noting too, like with something like ASL, there, I'm sh- it's I'm sure there are things he knows, but when you're having a whole business conversation about yes. how, who you're going to murder today and you're <laughs> talking quickly, if you don't, if you're not fluent in the language, no, you're going to need an interpreter for sure. But I also feel like uh, her whole family learned it because they're her family. And that's the mm-hmm. point. That's the point, you guys. That's the whole lesson of the show. So wait, you're telling me Wilson's not a good, nice guy? No, I didn't know that until until uh, until like today. But no, I'm just kidding. Is he has he been in anything else before? I need to check this guy. I need to learn more about this kingpin guy. <laughs> I'm sure he's totally nice with car doors. There's nothing nothing problematic he does <laughs> with the car doors. I, I will say he did some suit like some terrible shit in this show, man. But, <laughs> but I would have liked to see it be more personal uh, in a sense. Like I, you know, I. It's it's it's. I feel awful for saying this. I loved biscuits. I think Bonnie's great. Chola was, but like, at no point did Kingpin to me while watching Echo feel like he was actually gonna hurt a person close to Maya. And this is the guy who strangled Ben Urich. You know what I mean? Like this is a guy who is so so dangerous in the previous iterations, and and spontaneously dangerous that I was kind of felt like I I got to relax when watching him in this by comparison. He's he's terrible but I did like the the supporting characters suffer from this man but the main characters like the supporting supporting characters but I felt like the characters who we know their names I never really felt like they were in danger from him. Her grandmother in that post office is yeah. the most I've been off put by something in the MCU since She-Hulk when they were riding that car. And you'll remember me saying I felt like one of them was going to get shot. There is the same level of danger. I was like, oh, no. All of Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. He's going to struggle this woman right here in broad daylight. No one's going to do anything. Uh, 
so he kidnapped her after that like immediately yes. yeah why didn't they sh- like as terrible as it is why didn't they show the brutality of kingpin and what he's willing to do I'd also like to point out he had she was when that scene she was in her male woman outfit yeah. and then in the, later she had this beautiful outfit that she clearly was going to wear to the powwow. So I think we missed a scene where yeah. I think that he let her go and then came back later and kidnapped her. Yeah. He because was diabolical. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He just he just stalked his prey. No, I I think uh, I think there was quite a bit. I, I felt like the finale had a lot of editing and changes and stuff in this one. Uh, and it worked, but I feel like there was something like the what like uh, Uncle Henry's big role was putting a silencer on a pistol and shooting a guy with a rocket launcher on top of the festival, which then becomes a kind of poorly CGI firework. And everybody's just for, is that how rockets work? Also, I don't know. I'm not Tony Stark, but I don't. Do they just explode if they go a certain amount of feet in the air? Every movie I've ever watched, they explode on impact. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it was a rocket launcher that they were keeping in a cooler. I, maybe it wasn't a, you know, a very high techy expensive. <laughs> yeah. No. Well. No. But okay. But let's talk about the finale then. That fight sequence at the end. I'm not gonna. I, th- I found it to be just slightly a little, a little cheesy, for lack of a better word. That like grandma and everybody and the the good guys have these powers. It was a very cool way to get the powers. I thought that the themes and the spiritual connection and the ancestral history, which really is beautifully authentic to the Choctaw uh, beliefs and history uh, was really cool. But then when I saw like everybody whooping this whole team of Kingpin, I was like, hold on a second. This is this, this feels, I don't know, whatever, you know, that's kind of how I felt. And it was, I like, really oh. liked it. I, 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 re- I really liked the moment where it was like she was Echo with all the relatives, the ancestors behind her. Yeah. I literally went, oh, cool, out loud. <laughs> Nobody uh, was watching by myself. And then yeah. I, I, I don't know. I liked watching grandma hit punch somebody in the face. Like, I thought <laughs> was really enjoyable. Um, I while... like I saw that in Blue Beetle. <laughs> that is fair. Oh, fair, fair. I, th- that's one thing I, th- I think about this show is that uh, similar to Blue Beetle, it's like a lot of the beats are like, oh, my parent died and now I take this journey and here I get a new suit. Look at my suit. Uh, but um, but I, I liked the final fight. I, I liked watching all the women family mm-hmm. fight together. I agree with both of you. I, I liked the fight a lot, and I, I liked just seeing the women do that. But one of my biggest problems with this show is we did not get enough Bonnie. Because I felt like we didn't, like, it felt like we skipped a lot between all of the stuff with the roller rink and then her getting kidnapped and having the powers in the finale. Like, I wished that we had gotten something more that kind of made that moment a little bit more satisfying. And Bonnie, by the way, that's Cohorty, right? Yes. Yeah. That's Devery Jacobs, who yep. voiced mm-hmm. Cohorty in What If. Very cool. Very cool. It's and not too late. Either. They can cast her to be live action, Cordy. Yes. If Thomas D. Sullivan can do it, anybody wow. can do it. <laughs> Did it have... Wasn't there somebody from? Am I? What's the woman's name who uh, filled in for the spit on you? Sing from the Civil War comics. Who the she she her son died in Sokovia. In Civil oh, War. um, yeah, um. Wasn't oh she God. in one of the Netflix yeah. shows too? Yeah, she was in Luke yes. Cage. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think I know her name, but I don't want to get it wrong. Look at BD. That's a deep pull. My whole life flashed from my eyes. I was living <laughs> a very different life when Luke Cage was on Netflix. Yeah. Dear God. I will say for the people in the comments who mentioned it earlier. Alfrey Woodard. Alfrey yes. Woodard. There you go. She played Miriam Sharp in Civil War, and she also portrayed Mariah. Mariah uh, not when ad popped up. Mariah Dillard. <laughs> Slash Black Mariah and Luke Cage. Yes. Oh, man. I, see, I mean, you know, like everybody's going to be playing two of these people by the end of the <laughs> multiverse saga. So it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I will say the people who are in the comments saying that it was very, very reminiscent to Avatar. Dear God, you are my people. Because as soon as she did this over his face, I was like, yes, take away his bending. Take it away. Take it away his bending. Um, it did feel a lot like that, but that's probably how you'd have to deal with them. So I didn't have any problem with that or giving granny and my cousin the fight so we can jump these guys. Cause I was really worried about their little powwow, all of the staging around like them casing it or whatever. And I'm like, please don't have nothing bad happen to these people. That's not, that's not good. Nothing bad should happen to anybody with rhinestones on a cowboy hat. (laughs) This is a blanket (laughs) rule. (laughs) I liked how when uh, Maya walked into that barn 
or whatever that building was. Yeah. Like the, the music went to the lights turning on. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that touch. I liked that. And then Kingpin shows up. Man, Kingpin, that guy is like Bane level theatrics. <laughs> Theatricality and deception. Well, I think it's like Batman <laughs> then. Uh, hey, I'm two for two today. Thank you. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> uh, is okay and then so can somebody i mean i kind of get the gist of it but i'd love to hear your guys thoughts on it like what did she do to kingpin like do you think she worked because he's not a good guy now but was you know i think that she um forced him to confront like his biggest trauma and Mm -hmm. in her when it happened to her it healed her but i think it just made him mad um i he's too far gone like i think that Mm -hmm. it it worked in a sense that he's aware like he's like aware of this trauma but he it's it didn't fix him it didn't make him a better person but it shook him up it shook him up i believe enough for him to be like okay i'm out don't touch me again and I, i i found that all very believable that somebody like that with that kind of trauma who's that messed up and evil to be confronted of that to just walk away and say i'm done with this fight oh i nope i think that's totally fine i agree i also think it was the whole thing of like her kind of signifying like i am ending the cycle of violence i am not going back with you i'm not going to be your henchwoman like i'm going to forge my own path and like you have that choice yourself if you choose to do it and he just didn't make that choice at all and just pivoted to being more evil yeah, I like how they color code him in this series too. Because at yes. the end, isn't he wearing gray? Right. He yeah. doesn't really do that, which is like very weird. Oh. So he must be real jumbled. He must yeah. be our our, mm-hmm. our guy's feeling a little weird. He's and that's why black, you start watching. White. Wait, yeah. he, does he wear all white? All black the, or all white usually? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. one of the two. Uh-huh. He was in like weird, like Merlot red when he came to her house in episode three, and I was like. I don't think I've ever seen this man this color right now. What is happening? It added to the disorienting feeling for me. Um, now, Team Hawaiian shirt. Post yes. Hawaiian shirt. Kingpin fashion is unpredictable. Yeah, that Hawaiian shirt has uh, has changed the man. Uh, I do want to say, since we're talking about the the villainness of it all, um, it's interesting because you know Maya was a villain of Hawkeye. She's considered a villain, and when I went to that trailer event, Sydney Freeland, the executive producer and director, very much made it clear she kept calling Maya a villain. Maya's a villain. Maya's a villain. And the way that she kept hammering that home, I no pun intended. I really thought that um, that this was going to end with a more villainous turn for Maya, and I think and. I mean, she still could go back to New York and try to start her own empire. We don't know what she's going to do with these newfound powers. But I would say this show ended with Maya being more of a hero than a villain. I mean, we I, I kind of expected that whenever they say that, like The Rock was saying that about Black Adam. He starts as a villain. Uh, the only hierarchy that changes is the villain complex turning into a hero. <laughs> I think that I do think that she certainly ended up. I mean, clearly she protected her people. She, you know, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think saying a villain though makes for a better press tour. <laughs> You're not wrong about that. Yeah. You know, this is she different. did murder some guys though in the first episode. Some dudes definitely died. I had the same reaction I had during Batman v Superman. I'm like, yo, that dude is dead. <laughs> that dude is real dead. I mean, the, the that power in those hands. I don't know where it ends. You might just boom. She mm. might. I I go back when I you think about the hand powers, Cohorty when that. What guy was in the sand and she blasted his face off? Can Echo do something similar to that with this power? Uh, Echo's Echo's got these are different powers from the comics. We're going to talk about that. Uh, So yeah, anything else about the story we want to talk about? We want to talk about biscuits for the rest of the night. I love biscuits so much. Uh, Biscuits (laughs) is the best, and I want to hug him and protect him and make sure that everything's good with biscuits. You guys. It's biscuits on a birth certificate, or is that an acquired name? Uh, it feels like a nickname, but you never know. Maybe it's a middle name on the birth certificate. I don't know. Mm. We we were joking in the work slack that we need a what if episode that's like what if biscuits got all the infinity stones? Because like that would be utterly <laughs> yeah, delightful. What if biscuits oh. got the infinity stones? They adopted him and thought he was a dog. <laughs> Since we're talking family, I also am really upset that Graham Greene was not at the family dinner at the end because I want my I was most invested in Grandma's little relationship. <laughs> I really wanted Grandma and Twilight's old Grand Greene to get back together, and then he wasn't at the little family picnic at the end, and I'm really sad because he deserved to be there. The, <laughs> they the, need- the, 
the sewing machine scene. Oh my god, that was really wow. sweet. Nice that touch. Was great. Nice. Those are the little things. Those little mm. scenes go a long way in the MCU. Those yes. non-hero villain fight sequences, relationship building, sitting around the table. Who said that recently on the show? That we need more of that. One of you guys, I think, said we need to see more. I feel like we all believe it. I don't Sounds know like all of us. Yeah. yeah. Somebody right. is going to be on Twitter and be like, it was 36 seconds into this episode. <laughs> I'll be like, thank you. Yeah. I did see somebody on Twitter said this, and I, I got to go back and look, but somebody said that Wilson Fisk said he acquired new properties, which will then feed my theory that he bought this thing behind me. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm all for that. I'm starting to believe it. I, if it's not him, it's gotta be the Baxter building. I really did think we'd see Avengers tower having been Fisk tower at the end of this. I thought that would be like one of the last shots, but I also saw a comment on our YouTube stream just earlier that said, what if that scene in 2021 was in Avengers tower? Brandon would have stopped paying attention to the show right <laughs> there. There would have been a pause for two days. Yeah. It's like, let's mm-hmm. just... Freeze frame, enhance, yep. enhance, blow it up for me so I can have it right here. We finally understand we got him. Like pull out the banner. We got him finally. It you could like it couldn't the, have been Avengers Tower. You I need know the geoguesser guy to kind of figure out in the background if like oh. the just the, the skyline in the background oh. matches the skyline of the Avengers Tower. Yeah, could that have been northeast, south, or west of Grand <laughs> Station? Because I know where it is. I know where it, I've been there. Here's a I want to shout out. Here. Uh, Chris in the comments bring up the Roxxon gas station because yep. you know what else features a Roxxon gas station? Agents of Shield. Um, <laughs> and Daredevil and Iron Man too. Well, yeah, exactly. Like it's it's such a it's such an ongoing staple. Yeah, yeah. It was it was fun to see this in the show. Yeah, uh, there I have a that's in one of my Easter eggs right. And there's a Madge report reference too. Like things like that mm-hmm. are seeded mm-hmm. through this. So even though Marvel Spotlight says you know it's not connected, yes, it obviously and yes the characters are the biggest thing. But yeah, Roxxon, Madripoor, things like that uh, were nice little nods to grander things. But this is nice because Roxxon felt really present in Marvel TV more than Marvel movies, I'd say. Like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like the Defenders versus stuff. Uh, so it was cool to see that. Uh, all right. Well, oh, before we move on, one last thing. The costume. I, You all know I come on here and I say that... Ugh, <laughs> we got a costume in the finale. Like It's predictable. It's the same thing every time. This was probably second place for me though mm-hmm. number one being sam wilson's entrance in that captain america suit the this one the like the story of her getting that outfit and how it ties to her lineage and her ancestors and all that was cool it made sense was, but but it is speaking of ancestors <laughs> it comes from a long line of predecessors which did the same thing and i'm getting a little tired of it it worked for Echo really well, better than a lot of the previous Disney Plus shows that feel like it's just, okay, suddenly here's a costume. This one had a real deep, meaningful meaning to the story. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just complaining. I will say that and uh, Kamala getting her costume from her parents are both on the same level to me. Like that actually having a story beat and a lineage and heritage behind it, I am all for that. I definitely thought of BG when it happened. I went, oh, <laughs> yeah, here it is. But it's also like, when you get a new character, they got to get a costume at some point. So it's, yeah. you know, they got to get a costume. Um, mm-hmm. But it is funny how much they make that, like, the end of the show. Season one! I, As I said, I just finished Daredevil, and uh, or what the first season of Daredevil, and it's the same thing in Daredevil, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just, um, I think it's, uh, somebody on Twitter responded to me when I tweeted about that and said, uh, well, it, you know, in the third act of a movie, the hero usually gets a new costume. Anyway, it's like, yeah. That's usually, that's pretty true. The number of Iron Man suits I've seen for the first time in the third act, maybe I just forgive it because I love Iron Man so much, but it is just becoming such a blatant trend that it is the final episode every time when these costumes show up. Uh, but all right, we're going to take a quick one-minute break. We come back, we're going to talk Easter eggs, comics, and 10 scores. See you in a moment.
Welcome back to Phase Zero, the final portion of our Echo spoiler-filled discussion and breakdown, culminating with our 10 score, but starting with Easter eggs. Uh, a couple of notes I have here. If you guys have any, throw them in. These are just the ones that I wrote down. Uh, well, that should go to the comic. Well, some of this is comic stuff, too, that I've been pointing out. I also watched Heavy Spoilers, Screen Crush, and New Rockstar stuff before this and picked up a couple of things. A lot of stuff stuff I picked up while watching, though. Uh, we already touched on Fisk wearing gray in the finale. Uh, the native culture, they believed that they were made of clay. Uh, Cohorty also included this. We saw that in Echo. We have some notes about uh, Choctaw culture and history as well that are gonna, we're going to discuss in a moment. Uh, I already talked about Daredevil winning the fight. Black Crow's skate rink could be a reference to the Black Crow comics character. Henry Black Crow was his last name, though her uncle's last name, right? Uh, so maybe he's going to become that character. Uh, the black knife cartel is included in this. We see the tattoos on a neck. That's a nod to bullseye. I saw that article on comicbook.com today. Uh, Kingpin has acquired new properties in NYC. I already touched on that. Wow. I come, we kind of already covered a lot of these Easter eggs. Uh, Madripoor rocks on. Uh, and then the Maya gets her, her comics jacket is in here as well. I think somebody added that one. Yeah. Like the little starburst thing. Just yes. Jenna mentioned that to me earlier and I was like, Oh, that's right. Cause she didn't have that in Hawkeye, which is very, very strange. So you don't get the handprint, but you get the jacket. Yeah. Cause there was concept art for Hawkeye that surfaced way after the show aired that showed that more comic accurate, even with like the handprint. It was like, Oh man, it sucks that we didn't get that, but I'm glad that we finally got it here. Jenna always remembers, man. <laughs> Thank you. Baskin Robbins always finds out. Jenna always remembers. <laughs> I'm just an MCU reference machine. It's all I'm good for. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, good else. thing you host this MCU show. Seriously. It would be useless <laughs> if you like worked at a bank or something. <laughs> would you like to take out any cash with that? Okay, I'll give you... I, I can't even make jokes. I'm not even funny. I just get out MCU jokes. Like, it's just... I, I have no personality otherwise. Boo, uh, you're looking for this. Go ahead. Boo, you're <laughs> looking for this. As they're trying to get away from <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, all right. Some notes I learned uh, from going on. There's an Echo tab. If you type in like Choctaw history right now on Google, it will literally send you. They have a, they, there is a, there's an official website and they have an Echo tab on there to specifically educate people on things you see in this, things you can learn that aren't featured. It's really interesting and I suggest checking it out. Um, but things like the uh, Biskinic, sorry if I said that wrong, but the Woodpecker the, the, the little, with the real red, Feathers on top. Uh, that is known as a special friend to the Chata people. Uh, this little woodpecker was blessed by the Creator to live in our, to live near our ancestors and warn them, warn them of danger by tapping out messages on trees. Today, the tribal newspaper bears its name in honor of the little Choctaw newsbird. So that's pretty cool that the the newspaper is named after that. We saw the description of that bird in the finale, the fourth episode, late in the Echo. Um, the game they were playing in that flashback ish. Ishtaboli, Ishtaboli, uh, or stickball, is an ancient game played by several Native American tribes. Originally, it helped ancestors settle disputes and avoid war. Like the stakes on that game are crazy. That's such when a big they deal. Say in the show, like the loser gets banished forever. I was like, what? Yeah, that's too much. That, that's like, that's a Jamie Jurak rule right there. That's too serious. <laughs> that is monopoly at the Jurak house. <laughs> Could you imagine if like? The Cowboys show up to play the Eagles, and it's like, well, the loser has to go live on an island. Get out of here. That mentally is already what happens with both of those teams anyway. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I'm rooting for my birds this year, even though they're falling off. I go back and forth. I'm a Titans fan and an Eagles fan, but uh, this year I have to be an Eagles fan because the Titans are. Why are we even talking about that? This is a Marvel show. <laughs> uh, the game is still played today across the Choctaw Night Nation Reservation and beyond. Uh, I don't know what the stakes are on those games in today's landscape. <laughs> Probably uh, not as intense. Yeah. <laughs> no, hopefully, honestly, I hope so. I either, yeah. Well, that's. I, I was about to go down a history lesson. Like I went to Rome last year and I saw the Colosseum and learned about that and stakes there. There was some crazy stuff just going on in the world a thousand years ago. Some whew, interesting stuff, though. Glad, glad things have chilled out. Well, things really haven't chilled out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's not get too dark and serious. This is, we're having a good time. Comics, let's talk about comics. Echo's powers in the in comics are different yes. from the MCU. In comics, she's more of like a taskmaster type of character. Like she has a mimic ability 
we already have Taskmaster in the MCU, whether you accept it or not, there is a Taskmaster in the MCU. I'm one of the people who's kind of okay with it uh, because it worked for, it answered a big question. One of the little Easter eggs I wanted answered forever in the MCU. Taskmaster became the answer to that question, the red and the ledger. So I was fine with it. I like the Black Widow movie. I'm not a Taskmaster hater, even though I know Masters is a better, you know, I'm not, whatever. I'm also not a comics purist. I'm okay with Tony Stark essentially being Uncle Ben. So I know, whatever. Uh, but in the MCU, clearly, uh, Maya has gotten her powers from her ancestors. She has an ability to kind of create energy with her hands uh, to, I guess, hit harder, but also connect with people on spiritual levels. Uh, not things that are seen in the comics. I find that interesting. Jenna, is there anything you want to add to that? I mean, you have a note of it here that more recently, like a couple of years ago, she did get the Phoenix Force after they kind of had like a sort of America's Next Top Model situation of all of the Avengers auditioning to get the Phoenix Force. Um, and then she got it and had a little mini series. And so that did give her more powers. But we don't have anything like this in the comics. I'm kind of waiting for them to add this to the comics because I mm -hmm. think it is, it, I, I get goosebumps even just thinking about it because I think the interpreting her character name in this way and having her be a literal echo of her ancestors is the coolest way to give somebody a new power without completely counteracting what they already have like i think that they did this in such a cool way without just making her taskmaster too basically mm -hmm. i kept wondering how are they going to use the name echo if they're not using her echo powers and i was just so pleased uh but I, it really was a beautiful use of that word and so clever and i'm really impressed with that decision that's 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 two good ones. Namor in Wakanda Forever getting his name from Sinamor. And uh now Echo. Echo's Echo getting the name drop. Usually those scenes can be corny as hell, but they this one this one worked. This one worked. Uh all right. Devil's Reign. We think that's coming. Could it affect Spider-Man 4? I think so. Fisk for let's 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 talk about the credit scene. Let's talk about the credit scene. I loved it. I thought it was great. It was what I it was kind of exactly what I wanted it to be, except the location. So, you know, we see Fisk on his jet. He's watching the news, and the news is saying, We need a bare knuckle brawler. They're, I mean, on the nose describing <laughs> Fisk, saying that that is what New York City needs for a mayor. And obviously, that plants the seed. I assume, you know, this is going to go straight in Daredevil Born Again. We're going to see Fisk running for mayor. Uh, that is pulled straight from the comics. Uh, Jenna, do you want to? All I'll say is it's a relatively recent addition to his canon. Like it really only started in like 2018. So it's cool that we're already getting to the point of seeing in live action. And it at the time it created this really weird status quo for Matt Murdock because then he became kind of the deputy, like um, I forget the exact name, but he like had a role in Fisk's cabinet ostensibly. And so I'm curious to see going into Born Again if we get to that point at all, because I know that's going to completely flip everything that we know about the two of them it's funny like 10 years ago i would have watched the show and been like what who in their right mind would vote for this man for mayor after all that he's done and now i'm like very believable marvel i really see this go i really think this is a real a real dose of reality wait till you rewatch x-men oh you're rewatching x-men the animated series there's stuff in that show from the 90s that's like wait y'all y'all made this commentary 20 years ago Nothing's changed. This has gotten worse. Uh, so let's talk about this. There's we've we've seen the quote that I think it was to Screen Rant that they kind of do see Kingpin becoming a Thanos type of. We're so we're talking so much about Kingpin even more than Echo on this episode, but it's the thing that I think has the most meat on the bone. Uh, so assuming Kingpin becomes the big bad of NYC, the Thanos of New York City street level heroes, and they have to assemble to fight him. Who do we think is on that roster? Because in the comics, like Doctor Strange is one of the characters that fights Kingpin. That's not good. I don't think MCU Doctor Strange makes for a sensible fight against Kingpin. But there are plenty of other heroes we now have in New York that I think do fit that team really well. You know? Spider-Man, hopefully. Doctor Strange would be funny purely because he already has so much stuff he has to be dealing with. Like he and Charlize Theron need to kind of focus on incursions. So it would be funny. Oh, yeah. Like, no, let me pivot and deal with this first. But yeah, I, I think like everyone you could think of in terms of street level characters would definitely be there. I also want Echo involved in that fight, even though she's kind of like squashed her beef with him for the time being. Like I, I kind of want her to come back and be involved in that hurrah. I also want Jen Walters to just come up from LA and help because I feel like she would if Matt asked her to. So mm -hmm. 
That would be, she would be, that would be interesting. I didn't think of She-Hulk because of the relationship with Daredevil. Because so, she's usually I, based in New York, like, more often than not. Like, she's in New York in the most recent comic. So it would, like, usually she would be involved in something Kingpin-related. But since she's out in L.A., I'm sure it would just take, like, a phone call. And she'd be like, yeah, I'll, I've got nothing better to do. Shout out to Phil in the comments. Kate, Cassie, and Kamala definitely do apply. They definitely Ooh. do. The kids Ooh. would not, would probably see through that this blowhard is not a good dude and be like, what are well, you all doing? Yeah. Kate's got history with the man. I mean, yeah. her yeah. mom's in jail because of her connection with him. So I, Kate, I feel like Kate would be the first one in line. Kate already beat him up once. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I would I'll put do it Kate again. on there. So who do you, I mean, you might have the defenders yeah. because they might be coming back. You might have Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, uh, Iron Fist, Daredevil. You definitely are going to have Daredevil. Burnthal. Too. Oh, I, I'm, yeah. I would love to see the Punisher all the time. <laughs> that was one of my first favorite superheroes. Even though, I don't even know if you call him a superhero, but he is, you know, a Marvel here antihero. And I, I love the Frank Castle character. I love John Bernthal's portrayal of him. I hope we get a lot of that. Uh, I don't know that John Bernthal's Punisher and Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop are going to work in the same TV rating, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I could see them having trouble throwing Kamala Khan and, and 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 Frank Castle into scenes together and satisfying fans of both. Would love to see how see them try. Oh, like, honestly, yeah, it sounds great. Me and Jamie are fine. Yeah, <laughs> there's not anybody else. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd love, I'd love to like. You're watching Kamala's face as like. Frank's murdering on people, so we don't actually see him. The murders, just her like hor <laughs> horrified reaction as he's just decimating people. Oh, it's woman Masaku again. She's just there for no reason. <laughs> just, like, oh god! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, who else is in New York? I would. I mean, I, mean, I hope people... this goes into groups. Like She Hulk could be yeah. the, this West Coast Avengers leader. Clint Barton can go out there with her. I don't know. He lives somewhere in the Midwest. He's a hop, skip, and a jump from either coast. Uh, but, you know, I don't well, – you know, you got the Ant families in San Francisco. You have West Coast heroes. You have the Wakandan Outreach Center, which we know is going to be out there in Oakland. Uh, so you have heroes that are starting to form on the West Coast. You have groups that are starting to form in the Northeast. Maybe Sam Wilson lives in D.C. I don't know. He could just take the train up there if he doesn't feel like flying that day. And join the fight. So there's a there's a really interesting roster of characters you could start to make a New York, you know, ground level Avengers or or just group of defenders or any and whatever label you want to put on them of the many available to take on Kingpin. And I think that's where this is going. I, I'm just now picturing Captain America beating up the mayor of New York, and I'm like that that it's not impossible, but like the the implications of that in universe, I think, would be a little too much for them to do. I also want to bring up the chat is bringing up Misty Knight and Patsy Walker. Like if if either of them could suit up and be in that fight, and I would be over the moon. Uh, yeah, this would this is going in an interesting direction. Echo was solid, and I after Loki, after Guardians, after What If. You know, and I, I liked the Marvels, not as much as you guys, but I still liked it. I feel like there's a lot of interesting story threads, but that is simultaneously, as I say it, one of the things I've complained about too. There's too many interesting story threads. I just want to start seeing this stuff get built on. And that's exactly what Echo did though. Echo took a story thread from Hawkeye, fleshed it out and continued it and built more momentum and fleshed out a character in doing so. So it's kind of what, that's kind of what we want these things to do in the end. I'm happy with it. All right, the pressure's on. Out of 10 score. Jenna, you're at the top of the screen. Oh, I was hoping I wouldn't have to go first. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Because I had mine out of like five, because I'm in the letterbox. Just do that. Time. Just do it out of five, <laughs> Jenna. That's what yell you, at me. Yeah, but I won't. I'll love you even more than I already Wait, do. Can I? Wait a second. So, okay, there we go. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm I need <laughs> I, She's I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go out of 10 because as i was saying that i figured it out out of 10 i'm gonna give it uh somewhere between a seven and a seven and a half i think that it is really good it is really strong i i think that there are still flaws with it i wish it was longer and i wish there were even more plot developments than what we got but i still thoroughly enjoy it fair aaron seven and i'm very happy that like I was able to enjoy this the way I could like you know what I mean like at first I was like am I really gonna bounce off of this but a lot of the stuff about being the echo of your grandfather you know your grandparents like 
greatest like dreams or whatever really kind of gets you um in our culture so definitely it was it was very encouraging and i mean it gave people the ending that they wanted too so i, I for because the fandom was so well behaved maybe i'd even go up to an eight because i was really worried because <laughs> i'm like he's only in like the beginning of this like they're gonna freak out and you guys have actually behaved yourself maybe brandon's right to trust you all maybe <laughs> maybe, I don't I don't maybe. who do i trust on? i don't trust any of you <laughs> If I don't see their name regularly in the comment section to the point that I'm able to remember things they've said before, I don't trust them on, uh, anybody on the internet. And sometimes I'll see their name and remember I shouldn't trust that one. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. Um, before I get my rating, I just want to say, because we didn't talk about my favorite moment of the whole show, so I just want to shout out the bowling alley fight was my favorite oh. part of the show, because there's, I, you know I love action movies, you know I'm the biggest sucker for as action-y as they get, and there's nothing that brings me more joy than when they use the environment. And the way that they use the the grabber machine and the pinball, I loved that scene so, so much. So I wanted to shout that out before we finished. Um, I am going to do my out of five letterbox, but I have to tell you, I'm kind of torn. I'm This is not my official. I'm stuck between a three and a half and a four. And, and I really need to do my one sitting binge before I can officially decide. I'm currently teetering. I watch the show very sporadically because of the way we got screeners. And so it's hard for me to really land. But if it is a three, and a half it's a very loving three and a half so um it is it is there so i guess if you're doing the brandon way it's a 3.75 for now you know what's funny is if you ranked it on the proper scale you and i would pretty much perfectly agree because i'm sitting at like a 7.7 .7 out of 10 like i think that uh I, I enjoyed it quite a bit i think there was okay so Echo being 7.7 .7 out of 10 for me is because I think there was a lot of unmet potential. I think it started really, really strongly, set up some big ideas, like I said earlier on the show. And I think that ultimately it needed more episodes. It needed more time. It needed a, to, to, to match the scale of what it set up in the beginning. Uh, that said, Kingpin was a fantastic and the delicious villain because of the way he was so maniacal especially in more subtle ways than a lot of villains are uh i think that the use of sign language alakwa cox as echo as maya her family the supporting characters were all really fun and rich i would have loved to see them get more time to be fleshed out and also be in more believably treacherous situations and i also felt like the tvma i really enjoyed the parts of it that were TV tvma but ultimately it kind of felt like it was more of a marketing ploy than a story servicing thing. Uh, and I'm maybe, I don't know, maybe I just want too much violence or something. I don't really know why I feel that way it, off the top of my head. I just kind of felt like, okay, it maybe just, they needed it for daredevil and Kingpin. I don't think you need to go overboard with it. I just felt like it wasn't, I don't know. It was good. I liked it. Maybe I wanted more overall echo was good. One of the, it was, it was good. I liked it. Is this, is this the last one of these that's going to be like five episodes? Because I think, isn't it the last one? Yeah, it's the, it is. I think the last one's going to be five episodes. I also, like I said on today's show earlier, Echo is the, Echo is probably the last, like, a, or one of the last, Echo and Agatha are probably the last shows from the We're Going to Greenlight Everybody era of Marvel Studios. I don't think we would get Echo right now if, Hawkeye dropped today and there was any response to the character in Hawkeye, I don't think an Echo series would be happening. And now we got this representation, this Choctaw representation, this Native American stuff. Like I just got to go become so educated on it by going to this website that now exists because it was here. And that made me like the show even more. So overall, I think it was just a good show. I don't think this five episode format is going to stick around. And I'm glad it's not because it could have been a better show. I always talk the most. I got to shut up sometimes. Jamie. <laughs> no, doing great. Yeah, um, you're doing great. Great, because I have yeah. so much more to say. No, right. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. I think we've covered it. That is our Echo bonus episode. Jamie, any last words for today's Echo episode? 
Yeah, I kept saying bowling alley. I meant skating rink. I, I've been talking about going bowling a lot lately. I've really been feeling a bowling vibe, so my brain confused them. I know it's a skating rink. Sorry for the confusion. Bowling alleys and skating rinks tend to have the same kinds of arcade games. Um, aside from that, uh, really happy the show exists. I want to just one more time shout out Lachlan Cox for being amazing. I mean, she didn't have a lot of acting experience before she played this role, and that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I would love to see her do more beyond Marvel. Uh, because I, I really, really love her performance, and I can't wait to see more of her in the future. Jenna, I, I echo everything that Jamie said completely. Like, I, I need Alakwa to be in as many things as humanly possible because she—the fact that she is able to carry the show and still be so relatively new to the acting game—is just outstanding. Um, I also have to shout out the theme song. I know Aaron talked about it at the beginning of the show, but like that, yeah, 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 as needle drop every single episode just got me so pumped. I, I loved it so much. I want to shout out real quick, Stamina. I'm seeing the comments. Thanks, London, again. Perfectly summarized what I was feeling and didn't know how to verbalize. TVMA was more about lingering shots on bloody people. The violence itself didn't feel more than most others to any great deal. Yes, I agree with that. I think that the blood and all that stuff was more of like after a fight, you'd see blood on the wall, you'd see blood on a person's face. But the, the, the fights themselves didn't feel as vicious and kind of ruthless as I think we saw on Netflix uh, and some of the other more TVMA shows. Uh, but that's not a that's just a, that's just criticizing. I don't have a huge problem with that. Uh, Aaron, any last words for today's show? Uh, it's at some like Hornet. Uh, it's fun to do another one of these with you guys. It's kind of sad that we only get to do this one for Echo, but hopefully we get to do some other some other fun stuff. Uh, also. Shout out to Adam and everybody on Night Crew for grinding out them articles last night as this was coming out because I was doing that SpongeBob meme trying to read and watch <laughs> at the same time. And it's not, it's not easy. Thank you guys. Thank you, everybody who listens and watches with us on phase zero. We hope you had a good time, learned something. And I love when you guys chat with us and drop comments in there. And if you're not watching live because you can't, you're listening to us at the gym or on your way to work or on your lunch break or maybe while you're working, we won't tell your boss. We appreciate you. We hope we're helping make your day better. Thank you so much. We have Haley Atwell interview, uh, Haley Atwell spotlight episode dropping on Friday on all the major podcast platforms and on the YouTube channel. We will have an interview with Echo Director Sydney Freeland coming up. Got to figure out when, where, how that's happening, but it's coming to the channel, so stay subscribed. Uh, and our regular Wednesday shows every Wednesday. So hopefully we can keep getting more interviews, keep doing fun stuff, and getting more content on Phase Zero because I feel like we've got a ton of momentum right now, uh, and that's thanks to everybody who supported us. People noticed with Loki, and then right through December, and now with Echo, we're having a good time with, with it. So thank you, everybody. So subscribe to our channel. Give us a five-star review. Play our show for your mom. Play it for your dog. And uh, share with a friend. We will see you on Friday and on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. Bye.